Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today's message comes from all of those gospel readings that you heard this Monday, Thursday. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, just a few days ago, we saw Jesus riding humbly into Jerusalem on a donkey, welcomed with shouts of, Hosanna in the highest! Hosanna to the Son of David! Hosanna to the King! And now we see him away from the crowds as he prepares for what is to come. He humbly washes his disciples' feet. Jesus takes the form of a servant. Jesus, their teacher, their rabbi, their master, their superior, washes their feet. This kind of humility doesn't happen. And that is what we see in this holy week. And this is what we see that it is all about. It is about Jesus' service to his people. Yes, he gives the disciples an example of how they are to view others. That they should serve others. Wash one another's feet as he has done. But the focus, the main point, is on what Christ is doing for them. He takes the dirtiest, the smelliest part of them, their feet, and he cleanses them. This is how he serves them. But it doesn't end there. He doesn't just wash his disciples' feet. As the day goes on, he continues to serve them. They share a Passover meal, but as they ate together, he gives them a new meal. He gives them his supper. He takes the bread. He blesses it. He breaks it. He gives it to them and says, Take, eat. This is my body. And he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. He serves them, his body and his blood, in the bread and the wine for the forgiveness of their sins. And as we gather together on this Maundy Thursday, we see this cup. And this is the first cup that we hear about that Jesus gives his disciples to drink from. And we can see that this is a cup of blessing because in it is the true blood of Christ. Because with it, the disciples are blessed with the forgiveness of their sins. But there's more happening in this scene and during the night. Because you might know that when we gather together and we celebrate the Lord's Supper in a worship service, it begins with these words. Our Lord Jesus Christ on the night when he was betrayed. That's today. The night that he was betrayed. Maundy Thursday. 
And what's betrayal mean? Well, it means the act of exposing or delivering someone to an enemy through treachery or disloyalty. Failure to keep or honor a promise, principle, cherished memory, etc. That first one, the act of exposing or delivering someone to an enemy through treachery or disloyalty. When we hear that, we can certainly think about Judas betraying Christ. And at that point, at this point in this day, as the supper is celebrated, Judas has already agreed to betray Jesus. Satan has entered him and he makes a deal to betray Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Jesus' life was worth a couple hundred bucks or maybe a couple thousand at that, at best. And we often think about Judas as his betrayer. But there's that other definition of betrayal. Failure to keep or honor a promise, principle, cherished memory. After Jesus gives his disciples his supper, he tells them that they're all going to fall away. Peter said to him, Even though they all fall away, I will not. And Jesus said to him, Truly, I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said emphatically, if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said the same. Peter said, no way, not a chance. If I have to die, I'm going to do that before I deny you. Yeah, we know what happens. Peter denies Jesus, not once, not twice, but three times. And by definition, this is betrayal. Because Peter did not keep his word, his promise to Jesus. We often see Judas as the betrayer. But Peter fits into that category as well. Because he denies Jesus. And Jesus knew all of this. So when we look at this night, when we look at Monday, Thursday, we have Judas and we have Peter, who we sometimes see as quite different disciples, sharing common ground. They're both present. They both have been called by Jesus to be his disciples. Jesus knew that Judas was going to betray him, and he still called him to come and follow him. Jesus knew that Peter would betray him, and he still called him to come and follow him. They both followed Jesus into Jerusalem with the shouts of Hosanna on Palm Sunday. They both had their feet washed by Jesus. They both ate Jesus' supper. Jesus knew that Judas was going to betray him, and Judas still ate. Jesus knew that Peter was going to betray him, and Peter ate too. And I think as we hear these stories, we sometimes focus on Judas and say, I'd never sell out Jesus for a little cash. 
But how often do we focus on Peter and say, I'd never deny Jesus. But the truth is, if Judas is a betrayer and Peter is a betrayer, so am I. And so are you. We are Judas. We are Peter. We betray. We deny. There's a line that is confessed when someone is confirmed. So in a couple months, you'll hear these words again, but it goes like this. Do you intend faithfully to live your life according to God's word? And in faith, word, and action to remain true to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit to the end of your life? This is a promise that is made. A promise that maybe has been made by many of you. Have you been faithful to this promise? I mean, maybe you weren't like Peter and straight up denied. But maybe you have compromised your beliefs and your commitment to them for the sake of other relationships, family, friends, jobs, sports. You've broken promises to God in order to keep promises to other people. And sure, maybe you haven't sold out Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, but we've certainly spent more money on ourselves our friends, our family, which are all good things and blessings from God. But we are likely not giving him back even close to what he deserves for all that he has done for us. And likely, we're giving him our leftovers rather than our first fruits. We've all failed in our own way. We have all betrayed in our own way. We have not made Jesus our main priority in our life. And I don't know about you, but Satan is certainly alive and active in my life, just like with Judas. We are all sinners, and we are not faithful every moment of every day of our lives. And you know what? Jesus invites us to come and eat too to eat his flesh, and to drink his blood. He invites us to come in faith and in understanding that his body and blood are truly present with the bread and the wine, and to believe in the words given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. But this is not the end of Maundy Thursday. Because there is another cup that we must talk about. As Jesus goes to the Garden of Gethsemane and he prays, he says this, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Now, in order to understand this cup, you must go back to the Old Testament. Psalm 75 says, For in the hand of the Lord there is a cup with foaming wine, well mixed, and he pours out from it. And all the wicked of the earth shall drain it down to the dregs. 
And then we have Isaiah tell of a time when the cup would pass from the people. Thus says the Lord, your Lord, the Lord, your God, who pleads the cause of his people. Behold, I have taken from your hand the cup of staggering, the bowl of my wrath you shall drink no more. So the cup that was set before Jesus, that he prays about in the garden, was for him to drink and empty down to its bitterest dregs. And dregs is like sediments. All of the the stuff that settles and sits at the bottom of a cup, which is like the worst, the bitter stuff that no one wants to drink. This was the cup with Jesus' name on it. And it held the wrath of God. It held his punishment. It held his condemnation. The wrath of God that all of us deserve for all of our sins, for all of our betrayal, for breaking our promises, for not putting God first, for all of the times that we've thought of ourselves as greater than others, for our lies, for causing divisions and conflict with others, for all of our selfish acts, our sexual immorality, for not loving God and others, for not serving God and others by washing their feet in whatever way that means. Your sins, all of them, everything that you deserve, my sins, all of them, everything that I deserve, and the sins of the whole world, This cup was set before Jesus, and he saw it. And he knew exactly where it would lead. That is why he was born, so that he could die. He came into this world for me. He came into this world for you, for Peter, for Judas, for all people. And Jesus knew that he and he alone had to take the wrath of God to suffer hell for the salvation of the world. Why do we need Jesus? Why do we need Jesus today on Monday, Thursday? We need him to serve us. Just as he washed his disciples' feet of all of that made them dirty. We are all unclean because of our sin. And it's our whole body. It's outside, it's inside, that needs to be washed. Washed in the blood of the Lamb. This is also a good reminder about our baptism. Being washed with the water and the word. We also need Jesus on Monday, Thursday to give us his supper because in the eating and the drinking of his body and blood jesus takes the dirtiest smelliest part of you and he cleanses it that's why this is a cup of blessing because for those who believe we receive the forgiveness of our sins the strengthening of our faith salvation 
And finally, we need Jesus on Monday, Thursday, because we need him to be betrayed. Because it's how we get to the cross, where Jesus, he drinks the cup that he prays about in the garden where he serves us once more by offering up his body, shedding his blood on the cross to be our sacrifice, drinking the full punishment of God's wrath, hell itself, taking everything that we deserve, taking our death, taking our hell to give us forgiveness and life. We need Jesus to die in order that we can live. And so the cup of God's wrath is poured out on Jesus. And as a result of it being poured out on Jesus, it will no longer be poured out on us. Amen. And now the peace of God which passes all understanding Guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.